The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. Well, Sue, we had a day off on Friday in recognition of Good Friday. Gave you guys kind of a little bit more of a chance to digest all the numbers that came out on Thursday. Unfortunately, we couldn't finish to the positive. A lot of negative on the screen today. Just kind of some backfall after that report on Thursday? Well, I think... Um when you look at, you know, we traded the acres, and then after we traded the acres and pushed up, then we started trading the stocks. And the thing is, when you look at um, soybeans, for example, and you look at um, uh, wheat, both of those made higher highs in the month of March and closed the month lower. That usually means you're going to come back and look at the monthly lows of March in April. And so that's kind of what we've been expecting. In the meantime, the November contract, New Crop Beans, responded just like these corn did. See, corn made a higher high in March, but closed the month higher. But um, New Crop Beans took out, made higher highs again for the move on this year's contract over last year and over last year's November contract as well. But it's about the lead contract and the ability for May beans to get up over 1080 and a quarter. Now, the high this year thus far is 1082 and a half for May beans, but that came when it, March was lead contract. So it's got to be a lead contract taking out 1080 and a quarter to say we're making higher highs for the year. And some might say, well, but boy, you know, stocks, you know, you've got, what, 71% or so of the uh, Brazilian crop harvested. And we're, you know, we've already seen AgriConsult go up to 118.9 million metric tons. They are now sharply higher. Egg Rural, who was one of the other higher ones, uh, sitting at 117.9, will update their data on the 6th of April. And so we suspect that they move higher as well. And they're sitting at 117.9. So they're probably going to jump into the 118 as, you know, like Agro-Consult did. So when you've got 71% of the crop harvested and some of your major producers like Monte Grosso, Monte Grosso de, uh, de Sul, um, you know, Paraná, you know, some of your major uh, producing states um, are pretty much done, 98, 99%. They have a pretty good idea of how those yields are, are gravitating. So um, that then says, okay, you're going to have a lot of production that can still come into the marketplace. And then the worry is, what about, you know, what about um, uh, what we see out of uh, uh, the tariffs? You know, currently, China has a 13% in U.S. soybean import tariff on us. And... So, you know, it's like, will they raise it much more? I don't think so, mainly because, yes, they can get beans out of out of um, South America anyway, easily right now. Um, and maybe for a moment they might throw a tariff on just trying to drive the price of beans down uh, to make it more cheaper for them to turn around and come in and buy. Uh, because the yuan is moving higher. 
the dollar a little softer today, and it seems like every time I look at it, it's around this 89 area, 89 something. And um, so that creates a little more price positive situation for the Chinese to buy. And then if they throw a little tariff on it, drive the price a little lower with the thought and fear of high stocks, um, you know, it, it plays into the Chinese hands. But China has reached out to the U.S. and requested uh, to be able to have some talks uh, started with the Trump administration. And it's my understanding at the moment they've just kind of held back uh, from accommodating just yet. But we're also dealing with the NAFTA talks right now as well. So we'll see what happens. But it's got the market a little tenuous. Um, we just don't think that we're done with this downslip in the market. I think beans were moving a little too fast. Uh, the big surprise was the acres. I think it surprised most. So, you know, it responded in kind. We followed through a little bit. And now we're looking at the stocks. But what they don't understand is, yes, we have huge quarterly stocks for this 17-18 year. But when you look at the ending carry of what it's going to be projected, if we look at these acres as they were projected, you know, um, we could take our carry out instead of up around 500, we could take it down to around 365, maybe 350 or less. Um, that's just sitting on the acres where they're at. The reason the acres, we believe, came out like they did is because the USDA, if you look at the prevent plant acres for 2016 and 2017, we ran abnormally low or below normal for what we average out every year in prevent plant. Every year we have some acres that don't go in. And so that made the planted acres the last two years a little higher than they normally would have been. So we're wondering if they didn't put that fudge factor right back in and that dropped those acres down to where they are. Well, you know, and you talk about the the issues with China and them wanting discussions. And your former governor, Terry Branstad, has had a very strong influence in getting these discussions going with China right now. He is. And we're very blessed to have him over there uh, because he's very pro-agriculture, pro-Iowa. But it's not just Iowa, it's pro-agriculture. And so he's certainly going to try his best to help with negotiations and to kind of keep the, the relationship smooth, I would say. Um, I think that um, when you look at China, you just have to look at them and say, okay, what fits them? Uh, because they're very manipulative and creative. Um, you know, let's face it, they've been stealing from us for a long time. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Sue Martin joining us. We're going to dive a little bit more into the, the weather here in the States and, of course, talk more about that limit down trade of the hogs on the Rural Radio Network. Looks like at least till the middle of April before we even start to get past some moisture. And, then the, and when you're so cold and chilly, you just don't dry off as easy. So I think it's going to be later in April. We'd have to see a huge change because when you look at Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, straight across, and even from Winnipeg South, they're looking at moisture and more snowstorms here this week. In fact, there's, I think, at least two major storms that come through, if not a third one, as we get into next week. And I know as one livestock producer told me today, or he, he's actually a hog buyer, but... Uh, an order buyer, but 
he t- does have cattle out on feed and calves in uh, Montana. And he said those cattle are just doing horrible. He's had 12 weeks in a row where he's had them hit with storms and bitterly cold temps. It was five below there this morning. Well, and, and for that, I mean, that causes a concern when you're looking at replacement calves coming into the feedlots. Just the movement altogether of this cattle market. Well, exactly. And, you know, the cattle market, you know, it's like every time it tries to stick its nose up, someone's standing there ready to sell into it. And it's been a good hedger's market um, if you were already on it and in it. Now it's a little tough to do when you're looking at such a huge spread. Normal June spread between that and the cash market is around 1,100 points. But you're you're actually uh, running quite a bit more under that. You're, you know, you're looking, even if we're at 120, 121, although cash on Friday was even better le- last week than on Thursday. So, you know, if you look around at 120, say 121 to 122, um, that that's not a bad cash trade. But then you look at June cattle, and we're sitting down here at, a, at just under 101. This market's really breaching some levels, and it's really had a tough go. And, of course... Um, you know, the product is, pri- you know, the you look at the cutout and it's been maintaining itself. And you have to think the profitability that these packers have got is huge. Could it be an uphill battle this week for the cattle market? I kind of think, yes, in a way I would say yes, because you've got the hog market on its base. Uh, the cattle market is trying to hold, but, you know, we've had indicators that have been flatlined since at least the 12th of March. And they just don't seem to come off and, and confirm very well. And I know that I've heard that there's um, a major packer entity that has got some financial issues and is selling into this market every time it turns higher um, because they're having to try to keep prices low. They're liquidating. And so I don't know. Um, that's all talk. Might be hype. But uh, the bottom line is I think that when we look at a cattle market here, it is getting extremely overdone. April feeders have already seen a wave four. They're working on a wave five. Not there yet. I've only seen one time that wave fives were hit in the cattle market, and it would have been last October, not last October, but October 2016, and we put a major bottom in the market. What about these limit lowers on the hogs this week? Did that catch you by surprise to start out on Monday? Well, because of the tariffs, Going into, you know, um, being it, uh, into action today, in a way, no. Um, I look at the uh, June hogs at Limit Down. Now, keep in mind, they'll expand to 450 tomorrow. And so we'll see what that does if that settles things down. Um, I worked up some hog wave counts today, and we aren't super, super far away from basically hitting some potential wave fives there. Good things to think about uh, from the rest of the livestock perspective. Uh, cash numbers, we are post-Easter. Let's get the grilling season underway. Well, the temperatures and the coolness that we've seen and the snow that continues, do you see that having an effect on the trade? I think it is. Um, little by little, I think it really is. And, you know, keep in mind, we've gone through the four, four, four nor'easters in the northeast. And there's a lot of population up there. So while their weather's starting to get better, even on the Today Show this morning, they were having snow. Um, it was supposed to clear off and be nice in the afternoon, so it'll melt. But it's just it's just not that good grill season feel like you had a year ago. So I kind of think that when we look at, at the weather, 
yeah, I think it's got a little bit of an impact. But boy, when it starts to kind of be kinder, you're going to have, I think, demand for beef really good. That's just because everybody's going to have cabin fever. <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> What's the best way, Sue, to reach you for folks to talk more markets? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and y'all have a great day. Sue Martin joining us today from Webster City, Iowa, with Ag and Investments. Of course, you can check out the podcast later this afternoon. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.